This is episode number 283 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, it's Jesse. I am delighted to tell you that To Pregnancy and Beyond is reopening for enrollment in mid-May, and you can get yourself on the no obligation wait list now, linked in the show notes of today's episode. If you want the first details and the first available spots to enroll in To Pregnancy and Beyond when we open it, To Pregnancy and Beyond is our pre-postnatal program for reconnecting with yourself while safely strengthening your whole body and pelvic floor. If you are newer to me, to the podcast, or to my coaching, To Pregnancy and Beyond and all the work that we do within it is explicitly non-diet based. So we are helping you feel as comfortable as possible in this current version of your body without you needing to change it in any way, shrink or make it smaller. We can help you feel more capable, confident, and build strength and function in the whole body, core and pelvic floor in the size that your body is right now. Very fun with this next enrollment of two pregnancy and beyond because we will be starting our annual postpartum return to run and sprinting training program with the folks who come into this enrollment. You will have the option to also join us in our return to running program. Of course, if that's not the right move for you at this time, no stress. You do not have to run with us but it is an option to you. We will be coaching our members through it this May and June. All right, get your name on the wait list at the link in today's show notes to have the opportunity to join us into pregnancy and beyond. I would love to see your name on there. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell. And Anita Lambert. Okay, so let's talk abdominal wall bulging in exercise and what to do. Do we do anything? Is it bad? Is it something that needs to be modified for? Because I see this all over the internet spaces. And honestly, a lot of our clients still have questions about this mm-hmm. and wonder, is this something that is a problem? Because they have likely seen in red that it is a problem. Mm-hmm. So first things first, abdominal wall bulging in exercise. Let's even take the example of abdominal or core specific exercise because this is probably where people might see it pop up, no pun intended the most, but with your abdominal wall that you see this bulging 
outwards or bulging to the front of the whole abdomen. Or this could even be really down the midline or center of the abdomen, different than what you might think of as a coning or doming down like a really narrow piece of the of the linea alba or down the very center of the abdomen, but more of the abdominal muscles, the abdominal wall really pushing out, responding to pressure, load, or yeah, just the challenge of the exercise itself. Is that what you would consider abdominal wall bulging to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So then is it bad? Is it something that we need to cue for or modify for or stop from happening if we see this abdominal wall bulging happening for example in your set of 10 crunches what do you do yeah I think yeah and we talked about this before we hit record I feel like it is honestly so individual in terms of knowing what's actually going on with their abdomen in the center of their abdomen what does the tissue actually feel like um, versus like general bulging in the abdomen. So typically with crunches, I do cue about the engagement, um, when you're lifting and getting some great tension, but again, it's going to depend on the person's body, what that may look like. There may be some bulging and that's totally fine. And so it's more about looking at the strategy as they're doing it. But again, knowing just what that tissue actually feels like, what do you, what do you find just when, uh, when your cue crunches? Yeah. So same approach of let's try to use the first whole abdominal wall to make this movement happen. Let's consider this to be even beyond that, a whole body exercise. What are we doing with the head, the neck, the feet, the legs? So using our different strategies, as you said, of connecting to the whole body, using the breath in a particular way, using the brain body connection in thinking about how we are moving into the particular exercise. So for me, when I notice this on my own body or in clients too, it can give information about, are we losing some sense of control through the abdominal wall, through this exercise? Is this variation too difficult? Is this really challenging for them does it change the abdominal wall bulging when we back off or choose a variation that is maybe less challenging for them does it change in some way and I think that is always just important to test and look at and see what's going on when we put you in a different variation of the movement or a different movement entirely so but then from there like you said, of just really considering the whole context of does this need to be changed? Is abdominal wall bulging bad? Is it mean that you're not strong enough? You're not able to control your core? And so we need to change the movement? Or is it just that this is hard? This is a challenging exercise and I'm okay and comfortable with you doing this and your abdominal wall responding in this way for five to 10 reps. And as the coach, I'm not going to be concerned about that happening for you. Like, is there a risk of something bad happening to the person's body? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, with that, and I would, I would 
go back to that point about symptoms too, right? Because always looking at is that bulging and then are they feeling something pelvic floor wise going on? So it's like looking at that whole picture um, because it isn't necessarily a bad thing. And again, it can depend on if someone has a larger diastasis or, and that's a whole other conversation, or, you know, what is that uh, tension like in the linea alba or just the abs in general. So just feel like overall, it's hard, it's hard to give that blanket statement of like, bulging is bad or bulging is fine, because it's going to be individual and then also depend on the movement itself too, right? Like in terms of if someone's bulging on a movement that we know as professionals shouldn't be challenging enough for the core that bulging would be happening. So are they bracing? Are they holding their breath? Are they using things to do a movement that is not at the challenging level that it should that potentially cause that, right? So I think that also gives us information too. Yeah, I think that's a really good point of looking at what you, uh, what your strength levels are, or if you are coaching or training, treating someone, what their strength levels are. Does it make sense that this is happening based upon, yeah, just how difficult the challenge of this exercise is? Or the second thing that I think is really important to keep in mind is is this exercise new to them? Has it been a long time since they tried something like this? Do they just need to get more reps under their belt of it to kind of figure out like the neuromuscular things that are happening in their body? I feel like we see a lot of panic about that in my world of the fitness coaching world too. If people aren't getting an exercise quick enough, we want to cue them in 17 different ways. And often it just is that the person just needs to keep trying and figuring it out. And maybe they need one to two cues, but then just time and space to allow their body to feel the rhythm of it. And so I think that it is fine, like you're saying, to have some abdominal wall bulging that might be happening. Maybe we can cue and try different strategies with the breath, the body position, the tension in the whole body, and specifically the abdominal wall and pelvic floor yeah, we can address it and cue it and try to adjust the strategy. And then also just allowing the person to take time with those strategies and those cues too, to see if it does change with a bit more reps under their belt about it. And there's lastly, that extra note on the symptoms, because if you are bulging, through the abdominal wall, through your 10 set of crunches, and it feels fine on your pelvic floor, on your low back, whatever the situation is, it doesn't seem to be an issue, then perhaps it is just an okay thing for that body to be doing. If there are things that are coming up, it feels bulgy, heavy. Some people just don't like the sensation of their abdominal wall doing that, then yes, we can change it. And very last thing I will say, because I see this too within the fitness industry, is that folks with larger bellies, this might appear differently to have the abdominal wall bulging than someone with a thinner body or with less belly fat on them. 
So I feel like we often see these examples or these videos on the internet with people saying this person's abdominal wall is bulging through this exercise when really that's just how their belly is existing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what's me with like different body types. Like it's one of those, um, I think I was mentioning before in other episodes about, I will see clients in clinic and they've been told they must have a diastasis because of how their abdomen looks and how their belly looks. And I, I will do the, you know, the diastasis and show them and have them feel what it feels like. And I'm like, no, like you don't. And then the whole thing, even with diastasis itself, it's like, we know you can have some separation and it still be totally fine. Um, so I do see that assumption quite often. And I just see the relief on clients' faces when they're like, oh, like it's fine. And I was like, your abdominal wall is fantastic. Like that's, it's nothing to do with that. So I think we have a far way to go for, um, in fitness professional world, but I would say as health professionals too, for people to understand like the, the differences and to feel like whenever I mentor physios, I'm always talking about like, you need to feel lots of different bodies. And especially with diastasis, because sometimes it'd be like, I don't know if I feel it or not. I'm like, you need to get your hands on more bodies and more body types. So as you see more clients, you will gain the confidence in understanding like right away what you're actually feeling. So I think that's part of it too, is just um, that is not necessarily happening or Sometimes I'll see a client and maybe they saw their physician postpartum and I know the lack of training that they get about diastasis and how to assess that. So maybe there was something that they sort of learned. So then they do it on their patient and then they tell their patient, you have diastasis and then they see me. Um, So knowing every professional comes from a different background in terms of the amount of training that they have and the quality and the up-to-date training that they have. Um, So we definitely have a ways to go with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just to wrap it up from a coaching perspective, I will say, or just even noticing this on my own body, if I'm doing, you know, challenging abdominal exercises, and I notice a lot of bulging happening through my abdomen, I will just check in and see, can I try a different strategy to maybe adjust and feel like I have more control because that sensation of abdominal bulging for me just feels like, Oh, I've lost the control of this. I don't feel really like I'm able to manage this pressure well, this intra-abdominal pressure well. And mm-hmm. that feels a bit uncomfortable in my belly for me. So I will try to use a different strategy, regress the movement, see if I can. And that's really the same strategy that I would take for coaching clients as well too. But I'm not super worried. I'm not fearful I'm not thinking that they are going to develop a hernia after three sets of 10 crunches with having their abdominal wall bulging. We can just probably release some fears and stress around that and also see, can we change this if we just do something different as Anthony Lowe would say? Mm -hmm. I think that's a great point of just, like we've said in so many episodes, just take it as information right? And then see if we want to change something to adjust it. Uh, I think is really helpful when, when you're seeing bulging. 
We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 